Amen, everyone. How, how is everybody doing today? The Lord is good, isn't he? Yeah. Amen. So glad to be in God's house. I'm so thankful for those that remembered the clock went forward and, and those that are online. The good thing is you can go on Facebook or, or YouTube and watch it again. So uh, I don't, although I've never really thought about church services as reruns. So who knows? Uh, hey, we're going to be speaking today out of Ephesians chapter 5, and I, I want to talk to you just for a few moments about living the greater life, living the greater life. Now, uh, you know, before we get started, everybody knows that I, if you don't know, we have a new addition to our family this week. Yes, I'm excited about that. I tell you, it's, it's tough being a grandfather. Um, you know, I had to hold the baby, and they'd say, hey, when you want to go do something, I said, I can't. I'm holding the baby. And I'm going to be doing that for the next six months. So, But I, will, I know that children bring a lot of joy. They bring a lot of life. They bring a lot of uh, excitement. And they also bring a drain of energy. I mean, I, I looked at my daughter. I looked at my son-in-law. And I saw how tired they were. And it made me want to go take a nap. I mean, it was, it's just there. You know, and the thing is, with children, with all of that joy and all that excitement, they do take and require a lot of energy in our lives. And, and when, you, when you're trying to raise little kids or if you're, if you're taking care of your grandkids, you find out, you discover that you just start filling up on junk food because it's easy, it's quick. And it's energy right then. You don't have time to, to make a dinner, so you just grab that bag of chips. You eat that whole bag uh, of, of M&Ms. Even though it says share, you don't. You just eat them yourself. And, and, and it's, it's amazing. You know, and, and uh, my son-in-law told me he was going to have to break all the bad habits that we had instilled in our grandkids. Like... You know, 4.30 in the morning, if they want a bag of chips, it's like, what flavor do you want? Because um, that's what we do. But it's, you know, and here's the amazing thing about when you eat junk food. It just makes you feel sluggish after a while, doesn't it? You ever notice that? Because I, I went for a year and I didn't drink coffee. I didn't eat any sweets. I only ate good things. Uh, and after a while, I actually started feeling really, really, really good. No fried food, nothing. And, and, and I felt fantastic. And then I decided after a year that I would drink a little coffee. And man, it was, it was amazing. Um, then I had some fried chicken. And that was spectacular. And that opened the floodgate to everything. And... And then, it, you know what was amazing? I started eating that stuff, and I think, oh, I felt okay. But then I got up, and I decided I would go run. And I think I made it to the front of the yard before I fell over and just laid there. Because something about when you, when you eat a lot of junk and, and you get it in your, in your system, it makes you sluggish and tired. And sometimes if you, you don't even know how bad it is until you try to get out and exercise. Then you realize, oh, my eating habits should change. You know, Christians are a lot like that. Um, we can fill up on junk instead of the Spirit of God in our lives. Because getting the Spirit of God in our lives requires time. 
and effort and energy. You just can't run to the, the cupboard and grab something quick. It requires prayer, study, dedication, commitment. But life gets busy. Life gets busy. You struggle with your children. You struggle with your job. You struggle with your grandchildren. You struggle with your parents. You struggle with your career. And everything gets so fast. It's, it's as Job said, my days are like that weaver shuttle just going back and forth and back and forth. You, you know what I'm talking about? That, that you, you don't even know what day it is because the days are spinning so fast and you're so busy and you're so hectic that, that it's just easier when you get home at night to sit down and watch that little show as opposed to praying or to do something else as opposed to reading your scripture. And, and, and it's, it's so easy to get focused on the things of this life and fill up on the junk things of this life and, and not satisfy the spiritual conditions in our heart. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in, in Ephesians 5.18. He said this, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Isn't that a great word, debauchery? I love that word. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He said, don't get drunk. Now, now the debate today is not whether you should drink or the virtues of alcohol. Uh, I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm a teetotaler myself because, well, I'll take that back. If I was in, if I was in the Old West and I had to fix a gunshot wound or deliver a baby, then I would use it as an antiseptic because that's what they do in all the movies. They pour it on their hands and, or pour it on the, on the wound. But other than that, I don't, you know, I personally don't. Uh, I would hate to have somebody give me a call and say, Pastor, can you come to the hospital? And I'd say, as soon as I sober up, I'll be right there. Um, just doesn't work for me. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, and this scripture is not saying, don't drink, but what it is saying is don't get drunk. In other words, what it's saying is don't allow anything to control your life. Don't fill your life with something that, that can get a hold of you and make you make decisions that are not godly. You, you could replace that with many things besides alcohol. You could Replace it with uh, pornography. Don't, don't allow pornography to get into your life. Don't allow politics to get into your life. Now, that's a dirty word. Because what happens is we can get so focused on life and just get tired in this day-to-day -day walk that, that we can allow these things in our lives. And at first we think they don't really affect us. They don't really bother us. They don't really have control over us. But the amazing thing about junk food and the amazing thing about junk that we put in our spiritual life is it starts off small, but if you continue to do the same thing over and over again, it will increase in your life, and you'll be like Samson, that, that one day he'll go up, rise up, and think he has his strength and didn't even know that his strength had been cut from him. Because when we don't pray, when we don't seek God, when we're not in constant fellowship with Him, our source of strength is diminished. That's why Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay in the vine, you stay connected to the source of strength and power in your life. 
Paul is trying to help the church in Ephesus understand that it, and he's using uh, alcohol or, or wine as, as, as an example. He said, don't live a life that depletes your spiritual strength. Now, there's a key word in this verse, and, it, and it's found simply in the word filled. Filled. I love that word, filled as well. Filled. It, it, it's the Greek word, pleroho, and it simply means this, to fill up, to be completely filled, no room for empty, none, that you're completely filled. You're bursting at the seams, you're, you're brimming to the top, you're crammed full, you're jam-packed, you're overcrowded, you're packed to the gills. He's not saying, be halfway. He's saying, I want you to be filled to overflowing with the Spirit. Now, let me give you an example. When, when gas was cheap, like 45 days ago, <laughs> that's a different sermon and I'm not preaching it. Um, but I'd go, to the, I'd go to the service station and I'd put gas in my car, you know, and, and I'd just get it, you know, if it, as soon as it clicked off, it's like, ah, you know, it's pretty cheap. And I'd just, you know, put the nozzle up and I'd take off and Next time I'd do it some more. But now, now when I go to the gas station, I go to the gas station and I fill that thing up. And when it says don't cap off, I do. And I get all of it and then I take the hose and I get every single drop out of it because it's more expensive. It's precious. It's costly. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit, what Paul is trying to help us understand is, is you need to put a, a price, a premium, on the Spirit of God in your life. Is it cheap and inexpensive, or is it costly in your life? How do you approach the Spirit of God in your life? If you look at the Spirit of God in your life as anything but the most precious commodity that you can have, then you'll never experience what it is to be completely filled, to overflowing with the presence of God. The Holy Spirit has to be the most precious commodity. Paul is not saying to his readers, I want you to have a great deal of, of Christ, or I want you to be half full of Christ, I want you to be three quarters full of Christ. What he's saying is he's expressing to his audience that he wants you to be completely and wholly filled and possessed by the Holy Spirit and be utterly lost in the fullness of the life of Christ. He wants you to be overwhelmed, to fill your vessel with every drop of the Spirit that you can get. That, that no matter how, how dry you are, when you come into the presence of God, that, that you will soak up every ounce of the Spirit. Paul knows. Scripture tells us that we find perfect blessing in a complete filling of the Holy Spirit. See, a creek that's half full will never become a river. And a heart that's half filled We'll, we'll never know the peace that passes all understanding. If you're wanting peace in your life, don't be 
one quarter filled with the presence of God. Don't be half filled with the presence of God. Don't be three quarters filled with the presence of God. But allow the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in your life to overflow you, to saturate you, to fill you, to that you're overflowing. That when you walk into a prayer room and, and, you, and you're overwhelmed by the burdens of life, that as you begin to pour your life out and he begins to fill you up, that you can walk in there weak and anemic and you can walk out victorious in Christ. That's what Paul is trying to help the church in Ephesus and I believe in this day and time today with all of the events of life that are, that are coming to pass around us that God is looking and he's saying I want people that are filled with my spirit. Paul referenced this same concept in Colossians 2.10. And this is what this is what Paul said in in 2:10 he said and in Christ you have been brought to fullness Isn't that great In Christ you have been brought to fullness he is the head over every power and authority The Holy Spirit is the connection with Christ Jesus says I am now with you, but then, but I'm going to believe and I'm going to send you a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. For now I am with you, but then I will be in you. The Holy Spirit is our connection with Christ. We have to understand that God is spirit. That God is spirits. God is spirit. Is that what the scripture says? Scripture says that we have the spirit of love, we have the spirit of joy, we have the spirit of compassion, we have the spirit of God, we have the spirit of the Father, we have the spirit of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. We have, I, I looked at one time, at least 17 different comparisons. We don't have 17 different spirits in us. God is spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the fullness of God in our lives. He's spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our connection with Christ. When Paul said, I want you to be filled with Christ, he is saying, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are filled not with influence and not with sensation and not with ideas and truths and not with blessings. Those are all side effects of, of being filled with the Spirit. But we are filled with the Spirit and the presence of Almighty God. Some people, want, want, they, they look at that the Spirit as a sensation. Oh, I'm going to go down and receive this gift of, of the Spirit. But my friends, it is a gift. It is a blessing. But it's also the very presence of the living God in your life. That same Spirit which hovered over the waters. That same Spirit which the Scripture says is, is in all. It's that same Spirit of, of God that is in you, that dwells in you. The creator of the heavens and the earth lives inside you. And you think you're nothing. The devil wants you to think you're nothing. That's why he keeps trying to throw everything else at you when life gets busy and says, oh, just do this or, or just do that or just vegetate and not pray. You don't need to pray today. You don't need to seek God today. You don't, you don't need to read your scripture today because he knows that 
If anyone gets filled to overflowing, if anyone encounters the presence of God and they're walking in the fullness of Christ and, and Christ is in them and, and they are in Christ and, and they have this relationship with Christ that they can hear his voice and they understand his voice and they begin to walk in the word of God. When that happens, the devil knows that that person can turn the world upside down why he doesn't want you to be like the Apostle Paul. He doesn't want you to be like the Apostle Peter. He doesn't want you to be like any, any of these men and women through history that have, that have challenged the, the norms of this world and have brought people to Christ. He doesn't want you to be that. He doesn't want you to be an overcomer. He doesn't want you to be a victor. He doesn't want you to understand that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Then the way he can do that is if he can just fill you some with something else. If he can just get some in you. If he can get one quarter of you to be filled with the junk of this world. If he can get one half of you filled with the junk of this world. When trials come, he can throw despair in. He can throw in discouragement. He can throw in fear. He can throw in doubt. He can throw in hate and malice. But the child of God that is filled to overflowing with the very presence of God can look at those and say, no, 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 no. For my God loves me. He will never leave me nor forsake me and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil the devil doesn't want you to be completely filled so he uses this flesh when we get tired to just simply slack off David you know King David you know, if you read his life, he had troubles. He, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then he committed murder. And there's a scripture that really sums up what really happened in David's life. He said, well, you say, well, he, had, he got caught up in these things. Yes, but something happened prior to him being caught up. Scripture says, I believe it's in... In uh, First Kings, and I forget the, the chapter, it says, At the time when kings go out to battle, David stayed home. He sent somebody else to fight his job, to do his job. And he was at home just with idle hands. And while he should have been out fighting for Israel... He was just on his rooftop looking at his garden and smelling the flowers, and that's when he noticed Bathsheba. You see, if he had been doing what he was supposed to be doing, he would have never seen Bathsheba. And he would have never fallen into sin. It's important that we don't allow ourselves to be complacent in our walk in relationship with God. We are filled with God. Now the human human systems and what we have around us, they mainly deal with philosophy and, and religion and intellectual truths and, and moral conditions and external acts of kindness. But Christianity itself deals with the living deity and the indwelling of that deity in us. We don't think about we're not focused on everything else. But Christianity in its own base 
is, is this is Christianity in its simplicity. It's to receive Christ in his fullness in every area of our life. If you, if you plant a garden, you can plant a garden and, and you get good, good soil and you plant the seeds and then you water it. And out of that one soil, you can grow a lot of different things. I can't, but maybe you can. I can grow weeds. I'm really good at growing weeds. But out of that one soil, you know, and, and, it, and it's kind of like our lives, that if we're the soil and the word of God is the seed, the Holy Spirit is the water. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to water our lives and, and allow the word of God to take root, out of that same soil can be produced love and joy and peace and goodness and meekness and temperance and faith. All of the fruits of the Spirit can be formed in us, can grow in us when our soil is watered with the Spirit of God. It's kind of like if you, if you drive through the desert. I love the desert. I mean, it's, it's beautiful in its own right. But you can drive in a lot of the West, and it's not like Florida. You don't see trees. Everything's not green. In fact, you can go miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, and all you see is sand. And people look at it and say, man, that's just a wasteland. They used to do that with, with Arizona around Phoenix. And they say, man, this is just a desert. This is just wasteland. This is just wasted. But they figured out that if you added some water to that desert, it's some of the most fertile soil there is. And it's kind of like us in our hearts. Our heart on its own is barren and dry. It's a wasteland. It's insufficient. It, it, it is not sufficient in itself to produce anything. But when we allow the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit that, that takes hold of the Word of God and begins to work it and develop it in our life. So if you want the fullness of Christ in you, you not only have to understand the Word of God and read the Word of God for yourself, but you have to allow the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to water your heart, to water your soul, and allow your life to produce spiritual fruit. John 15, 5, I've said it just earlier, and I'll say it again. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains or abides, I love that word abides. You know what that means? Stays with, lives with, abides. If he abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything in your life on a spiritual level without the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is saying. He said, you can't do anything without me. And Jesus said that that, that voice in your life is the Holy Spirit. It is the water. It is what gives us life. We have been made with the capacity to receive Christ, to receive Christ in his fullness. 
And it's that Holy Spirit that is the channel by which we receive his fullness. If you want the fullness of Christ, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled as Ephesians says and, and allow the Spirit of God to overflow, to have an abundance uh, of the Spirit of God in our life that it can flow over and, and touch other people as well. It's the Holy Spirit, Christ in us. That's the fullness because Christ fulfills every aspect of our life. Christ fulfills our, our salvation. He died on the cross for us, but for us to receive it, we must walk into the presence of God. It's the Spirit that speaks to us. Christ fulfills our sanctification, our growing in Him. Christ fulfills our, our fullness of our emotions. Christ fulfills our intellect. Christ fulfills every aspect of our life when we submit our life to the presence and power of the Spirit of God. There's another word in Ephesians 5.18 that I want you to look at. And it simply means this. We're filled, it's, well, it's the same word rather. Uh, filled, which is a, it's a second person. It's an imperative. You be filled. But, but it's also passive. In other words, you don't fill yourself. Receiving the Holy Spirit is not like going to a self-serve gas station. For those of you that are under 40, we used to have service stations where you never touched the nozzle. You would pull in. I remember when I was a kid, I'd pull in, or I wouldn't pull in. My parents would pull in, and there would be a person that would run out and start putting gas in the car, and you either had, you had regular or ethyl. Well, that, then they changed it to premium. Then they changed it to expensive. Uh, and then there would be somebody that would check the oil, somebody would wash the window. It was really pretty cool. You never had to do anything. But then they, then they found out, hey, I don't have to pay all these people. I'll just get everybody to pump their own gas. But receiving the Holy Spirit is a second person passive. You can't fill your own car. You can't fill your own tank. You can't go up and say, okay, I'm going to fill up with the Holy Spirit today. It just doesn't work that way. It's the Holy Spirit that fills you. Your part is to be ready. Your part is to make your life presentable that the Holy Spirit will fill your life. And how do you do that? How do you allow the Spirit of God to, to fill you to overflowing? It's and it's simply this. The Bible says there are conditions for, for being spirit-filled. One is it's promised to the hungry. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Hungry. How hungry are you for the presence of God? See, and that's, that's when we go back to fulfilling up on junk food. When you go back to filling up on junk food, it will satisfy for a little while. But have you noticed that it doesn't really last and it makes you sluggish and tired and it has no meaning or value and, and you just don't feel right? That's the same way with, the, with our own lives, that, that we need to be hungry and thirst for the things of God, that, that we can create in our own life a desire to be more like him that we want more of God 
God is continually moving in our lives. God is continually knocking on the door of our hearts in our lives. But it's up to us to answer that door. It's up to us to open that door. It's up to us to say, I am hungry, but I am no longer going to eat the junk food of this life. But I am going to allow the Spirit of God to fill me through and through. And you get serious and dedicated and purposeful about pursuing the passion and the presence of God. Empty vessels are always filled with the Lord. Empty vessels are always filled. How empty are you for the presence of God? How hungry are you the Bible says that the open heart is filled. The heart that desires him. As a deer pants for the water brook, so my heart longs for you. Do you have a desire to see the Lord? To be with him? To have his presence? The Holy Spirit fill you? The Bible says those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall be filled. Waiting on him, serving him, dedicating their lives to him, just saying, I just want more of you. I know that there's been many times in my life that I've been walking through a difficult time, difficult decisions, difficult um, circumstances, and I felt overwhelmed, and I, and I, and I allowed, and I'll be honest, I've allowed my, my own human nature to, to overrun me, uh, my thoughts and my emotions. And, and, I, and I remember walking into a prayer room saying, oh God, I just don't know if I can do this. You know, or being so busy around church that you, that you fail to, to, to pray and to seek God the way you, you should. And then when that circumstance arises and that obstacle that should be easy to, to overcome, you find yourself that you've, you just don't have the spiritual strength that you want or desire. And it's at that moment that you have that decision. How much do I want the presence of God? You see, anybody can be filled. Paul said, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to excess or debauchery, which makes you make wrong decisions, but be filled to overflowing with the Spirit. Be filled. Do it. You can be filled. There's not one person that knows Christ that can't have more of him. He's not going to hold it back. He's not going to say, well, you know, I think this person over here deserves more of me, but that person over there, no, they can live life without it. Or, or this person over here, you know, they're just going to run on their intellect, and, and this person's going to run strictly on emotion, and, and they're just going to serve me through their emotions, and this person's going to serve me through intellect. I will tell you honestly, if you're serving God on intellect alone, or if you're serving God on emotion alone, just what you can feel or what you can understand, you are missing out on the greatest opportunity that it has given us because the Spirit of God is beyond understanding and it's beyond our comprehension that you cannot grasp what God really wants you to do. You cannot understand when the Spirit of God begins to flow through your body and the Holy Spirit transforms your mind and transforms your heart and you realize that when you walk into a prayer room that you were carnal, you were down, you were despondent, but when you walk out you see the light, you're victorious and if God is for you, who can be against you? 
Man, there is something about being in that very presence of God, being filled in his spirit. 